Thanks for joining us on the Authentic Church Podcast. Let's jump right into this week's message. And today we are on week five of our series titled Level Up, okay? And if you haven't been here over the last few weeks, this series has been about Jesus teaching the disciples and he's teaching every believer today that the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you, to bring power in your life, to change everything about you so that you could have close fellowship with the Lord. What does that mean? It means that you could have a relationship with the Father, that you can hear God's voice in your life. That it should be such a huge revelation to change everything for your world, that even when you're struggling or you're asking God, what should I do, that God can give you clear answers in your life on where to go, what to do, and see miracles in your life at the right timing. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 says it like this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You can have an intimate relationship with the Spirit of God, okay? And like I said, we have finally made it now to week five. We're going to call this level five. And today, all right, we made it here. Buckle up. Today, I'm going to teach you about the gift of prophecy, the gift of prophecy. Here's the listing of the gifts out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Well, we've been going over all these gifts of the Holy Spirit, but I want to look at verse 10 here, where Paul stated, he said, he, talking about the Holy Spirit, gives one person the power to perform miracles. If you were here last week, we talked about the gift of miracles in your life. What I want you to know is this. We serve a supernatural God who works miracles, and God wants to work miracles through you. Think about that. God wants you to walk by faith so that he can work miracles through you to see impact in other people's lives around you. That no matter where you are in life, God could do something miraculous through you. How much would that change your relationship with God? Because when people see these miracles of God and they see your faith, they can't help but put their arms in the air and say, Lord, save me too. Okay, so God is showing his power through you. He is a supernatural God. He wants to work miracles through you. But now let's look at the next verse. And it says, to another is given the ability to do what? To prophesy. And the reason why I saved this for level five is because it's one of the most controversial and debated gifts of the Holy Spirit. And for two reasons. Uh, the first reason is this, is a lot of Christians just don't understand it. What does it mean to prophesy? What does that mean? What does that look like? I don't understand. I'm a little confused on what the Bible says. And another reason is this. It may just seem weird to you. <laughs> Maybe you grew up in a church where you never heard anybody speak prophetically over you. They never spoke the word of the Lord over you. They just preached and that was it. And so it's something new for you and you may just not understand it. So let me make something very clear, okay? Just remember, God is not weird. People are weird, okay? People are weird. We have a lot of weird people. We love them. But I'm weird too, right? People are weird. And sometimes they'll take the truth of God's word and they'll just be weird with it because they're weird. God is not weird. So what he's bringing into your life is always a blessing. There's always clarity. And God is uh, directing you in life, even with your hardest decisions. But I have to admit also for the longest time, I didn't grow up in this either in the church that I, I grew up in. Um, in the church I grew up in, really, you didn't even see hands raised or nothing, right? If one person raised their hand, it was a good day. Like, wow, that's something I'd never seen before, okay? And that's how I grew up. And I remember one day traveling with my friend. We were just riding around in this truck. We were in high school, and we were hungry, okay? And I looked at him and said, we need to get something to eat. Plus, we were broke because we were in high school. 
And he says, hey, you know what? My church service is, is or my church is having a service tonight. Let's go together because I'm pretty sure they're going to have some food and they're going to have some cookies, all right? So to a high schooler, that sounded great. And I didn't know that it was a Pentecostal church. In fact, he's only been about once a year. That's about how many times he goes to. So we're thinking, okay, we'll go to this service. I told him, you know, I could, I could handle it for an hour. I'm good for an hour. I didn't know that in a Pentecostal service, an hour is like the warm-up. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the pregame. Like, it hasn't even started yet. It's about three hours later. I'm thinking, like, why are we still talking? Like, what is going? We're, still, we're singing again. Y'all want to sing again? And I remember looking at my friend like, hey, you've promised me cookies. Like, I don't see any food. I don't see cookies. I don't see none of this. And then everything was normal for me until the very end of the service, and things started to change. And there started to be this time of prayer. And I started to see these people go up to the altar and they were crying and they were lifting their hands and they were rejoicing in what the Lord was doing. But then the pastor did something I'd never seen before. He was speaking over their lives. And he was laying hands on them and he was, he was speaking directly over their situations and what they're going through. And the whole time I'm sitting down thinking like, how does he know any of this? Like, how is he speaking over them? He, does he know every person here? Does he know what they're suffering with? And so I have to be completely honest with you. The whole time I'm sitting in my chair sweating because I didn't understand it. I had my arms crossed. I'm looking at my friend and I'm saying, we need to get out of here because I don't know what this is. Where did you bring me? There's no cookies. Let's go, okay? And we left uh, pretty quickly after that. And to be honest with you, you can tell I'm still a little bitter that there was no food. Um, but I didn't understand what I saw. And because I didn't understand it, I became fearful of it. Let me word it like this. I became fearful over a gift from the Spirit of God because I was confused. I was confused over what God was doing. Even though I saw this miraculous power of God moving in this place, it stirred something up inside of me. But because I was confused and did not understand, it made me afraid and it made me never want to go back again. Let me ask you this question. Who is the author of confusion? The devil. He has been a liar since the beginning. The word of God tells us that he has always lied. Everything that comes out of his mouth is deceitful and is a lie to bring you down. But Jesus said to the disciples, he said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will live inside of you and he will always guide you into what? Truth and everything. Listen to this. John chapter 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, labeling him, the spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. Now he will not speak on his own, meaning he will hear from the father and he will tell you what he has heard. In fact, the Holy Spirit will tell you about the future. This is how I know that you can pray over some big, big decisions over your life and God will reveal the answers because he knows the future. And it's in those moments that you break down before the Lord and say, God, I don't know what to do and I'm scared. Can you handle this? God shows up and says, yeah, yeah. I can. Now, somebody asked me this week, well, how do you know if it's the Lord speaking? First of all, he brings confirmation, okay? He brings confirmation. A lot of times you'll hear something from the Lord twice. It'll happen over and over again. Also, there's a burden that you can't shake, okay? And third is this, it will never go against his character. If you hear a word from the Lord, it will never go against his scripture. It will never go against his character. This is how you know it's from God. You can't shake it. 
And you know that it's coming up over and over again. And now just move by faith. Because again, remember, it's not your job to have everything figured out. We put so much stress on ourselves to have all the answers. You will never have all the answers. But God does. And he knows the future, so just trust him. But listen to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 also says, God is not a God of confusion. He is a God of peace. He is a God of order. He brings clarity into your life. You're not going to ask God for direction and him confuse you with a bunch of different paths. No, he's going to make it very clear, whether it's through a dream or a vision or somebody speaking over you. But my question is this. Why does the gift of prophecy have so much controversy surrounding it? Here's why. And here's what I believe the devil doesn't want you to know. The Bible tells us that the gift of prophecy builds up the church. The gift of prophecy edifies and encourages and helps heal the church, meaning a word from God specifically over your life to help heal you and encourage you to move by faith. In fact, I'm gonna show you today that Paul said, this is one of the greatest gifts of the Holy Spirit that we can receive. It is one of the most powerful gifts of the Holy Spirit that we can receive. So the title of today's message is this. We're calling it Level 5, The Gift of Prophecy. Level 5, The Gift of Prophecy. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Numbers chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. That's Numbers chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. Let me give you some background information first before we get into that conversation. It's kind of funny. Uh, Moses has just entered into the presence of God. And he's pretty much telling the Lord, hey, Lord, I love you, but these people are driving me insane. I can't deal with these Israelites. Okay, now they're bickering and they're complaining. And now they're saying it's better that we go back to Egypt to eat the way they used to eat. Because God, they want meat now. What you're providing them is not good enough. They want meat. And so Moses said something to the Lord that many of us would like to say. He literally said this. He said, Lord, I just want you to know, if you love me, will you just kill me? Like, will you just take my life right now because they're making me miserable? I don't want to deal with them anymore. You ever dealt with people like that before? How frustrating is it? It's hard to go over and beyond for somebody, yet they're never grateful for what you have given them, right? Or any parents in the room? You ever got your child a gift and they're like, oh, that's not the latest version. That's not the updated version. You wouldn't be like, oh, you thought we had money because we don't, okay? You're going to get what I give you, all right? Be thankful, Look, give it over to the Lord because a lot of times we want to say something and the Holy Spirit will stop you because the Holy Spirit wants to show an example of love to show them real love in their life. He wants to show an example through you of love and, and selflessness to actually change them. So even in those moments where you want to complain and gripe and gossip, guess what? Just speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord instead. Here's what Moses said to God. I'm going to prove an important point point in a moment. Numbers chapter 11, verses 13 through 15. Moses said, where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me saying, give us meat to eat. And Moses said, I can't carry all the people by myself. The load is far too heavy. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. Now, this is Moses. He said, do me a favor and spare me of this misery. Whoa, Moses just got real. Come on. You know what I love about this? God wants real prayers from you. He doesn't want you to be fake. 
He doesn't want you to come into his presence all the time and be like, God, I'm just so happy and everything's perfect and everything's great and I love my family. Yeah, and the people that I work with, oh, they just make me so happy every day, just smiling at them, right? No, God wants you to be real. He wants you to say, hey, this person's making me miserable and I'm having a hard time loving them because of the things that they're saying about me. And so God may speak into your heart and say, you know what? Love me, I'll teach you to love them. Because I'll teach you to forgive them just like I have forgiven you every single day, right? This is why we forgive other people because how can we not forgive other people if God is forgiving us every single day? And it's this new realization that God, you show me so much love. Help me to love them too. Our job is to be obedient to the Lord and love people. But Moses is, is being real with the Lord. And because of that, listen to this, he got real instructions back. He's being real with the Lord And God gives him real instructions for change in his life. So God shows up and says this out of verses 16 and 17. He says, you know what? I hear you, Moses. I know what it's like, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to get 70 elders from the Israel camp. I want you to bring them into the tabernacle because you are not meant to carry this burden alone. And then when they all came together in the tabernacle, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God did something they had never seen before. Let me show you. Numbers chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. So Moses went out and reported the Lord's words to the people. And he gathered the 70 elders and stationed them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. God speaks to his people, okay? He spoke to Moses, and now listen to this. Then he gave the 70 elders the same spirit, the Holy Spirit, that was upon Moses, and when he rested, when the Spirit rested upon them, what did they do? They prophesied. So at this moment, they had never seen this before. God took the Holy Spirit that was upon Moses, and he allowed the Spirit of God to be upon all the elders, all these men who used to complain, who used to bicker, who used to have doubts, who only relied on Moses. On what did we do, Moses? Where do we go, Moses? What decision do we make, Moses? When the Spirit of the Lord came, they got a taste of the word of God. You understand? They got a taste of it. And all of them together started to prophesy and speak the words of the Lord. But listen, but this never happened again. Why did it not happen again? It's because we know that Jesus had to come die for our sins upon the cross, raised from the dead, okay, and be back at the right hand of the Father to have all this fulfilled so that the gift of the Holy Spirit can now be upon every believer today. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. These gifts are available for you today, every single day. But right here, what I want you to understand is that you got a little taste of it and it was taken away because it wasn't yet the time or the fulfillment yet. So they got a little taste of what they desired so badly what we can have today yet so many of us walk away not knowing the gifts of the holy spirit not knowing what god wants to do through you and how he wants to show you his power now listen this is also different i want to to make this clear too this is also different from the position of a prophet okay uh to be a prophet is, is a calling just like being a pastor For even King Saul, if you look at when he became king of Israel, it says that the Holy Spirit came upon him and he began to prophesy. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 10 says, Then the Spirit of God came powerfully upon Saul and he too began to prophesy, but we know that Saul was not a prophet. 
He was not a prophet of God. He rebelled against God. And he also started to seek mediums and um, uh, psychics and all those things, rebelling against the Lord to know the future. Okay, so this is different from the position of a prophet. What I'm telling you today is that the spirit of God and the right timing can move through you and speak words of prophecy in your life. So let's keep reading the story, though. What happened with Moses and the elders? Verse 26 through 29 says, Well, then two men, Eldad and Medad, had stayed behind in the camp. And they were listed among the elders, but they had not gone out to the tabernacle. Imagine being late for this. Some of y'all are late to everything. Some of y'all are late this morning. That's why you got an argument in the car coming to church, right? Imagine being late to this. Here's what I love about the story. The Spirit of God still met them exactly where they were. The Holy Spirit not only came to the 70 elders and the tabernacle, the Holy Spirit came to them all together, no matter where they were. And they also started to prophesy right there in the camp. And then it says, a young man ran and reported to Moses, hey, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Now, the, the story tells us that Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' assistant since his youth, protested. And he said, Moses, my master, make them stop. He was confused. He didn't understand what was going on. I almost wondered if he looked at it like a competition. Moses, you're our leader, and they're over there prophesying now in the camp. You should make them stop. This gift is for you. Listen to what Moses said. He replied, he said, are you jealous for my sake? For he said, I wish all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. Why would Moses say that? Because he didn't want to be alone. He didn't want to be alone. He wanted all of God's people to hear the voice of the Lord from the Holy Spirit living inside of them, moving and giving them direction and clarity and life. Hallelujah. And we see this fulfillment out of the book of Acts. The church, the birth of the church out of the book of Acts. Now every believer can prophesy because of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter said this. He said this prophecy was fulfilled out of the book of Joel and Acts chapter 2. Verses 16 through 18, all right? He said, when you see, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. And he says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That was a big statement right there in the Jewish culture. Because he was declaring, hey, the Lord is going to speak to your sons, but also your daughters. And in the Jewish culture, women didn't have any rights. They weren't able to really speak up. And he's saying, no, God is going to use them too. God is going to use your sons and your daughters. Your young men, they'll have visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Congratulations. As an old man, we get the gift of sleeping. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen to that, right? I could take some dreams. And he says, in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Even on my servants, men and women alike, doesn't matter your position or your status. And they will be able to prophesy. Did you notice that Peter said it twice? He wants to get your attention. This is important. Do not misunderstand. Do not be confused. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And now you can speak the word of the Lord. But we hear this. And for many of us, let's be honest, we're kind of like, eh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if God could speak to me in such a way. Prophecy, what what does that mean? What what does that sound like? Can God do something? Maybe, Maybe it's not a big deal for my walk with God. And if you think that, 
I want you to listen to this warning in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, which states, don't stop the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't treat prophecy like something that is not important, but instead test everything, meaning test it by the word of God, by the character of God, and keep what is good. The gift of prophecy is good because it's a gift given to us by a good God that wants to bless your life, that wants to change your life. So let me ask you this question to get rid of all confusion over the topic of the gift of prophecy. What is the gift of prophecy? Because when I speak prophecy, a lot of people think, okay, we're well, just talking about future events, but that's not the case, okay? Let me show you. You can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses one through five, where it states, listen to this, that the gift of prophecy given to us by God is actually to build up other believers. It's to encourage other believers to help the church thrive and stay alive in all things. Think about this, when a trial, when persecution is coming against the church, when believers get together and hear the voice of the Lord, have hope, don't give up, don't allow fear to overtake you, what does it do? It strengthens your faith. It keeps you moving. And God would speak directly to you in the same way. But let's read it together now. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 5, says it like this, says, pursue love. You need to desire spiritual gifts. Why do you need to desire the spiritual gifts? Because the Holy Spirit is not going to force anything upon you that you don't want. Let me make that very clear. The Holy Spirit is not going to force anything upon you that you don't want. To be honest with you, growing up, I, I started looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I was afraid of them because I didn't know if they would, like, overtake my body and do something that I couldn't control. That's not biblical, all right? God is saying, listen, you will be in control of these things. You can actually quench the gift of the Holy Spirit wanting to speak through you, but God's not going to force anything upon you. He's not going to make your body go crazy, okay? Because why? Because he's not a God of confusion. He is a God of order and clarity. So desire the spiritual gifts, you'll be able to receive them, but especially that you may prophesy. Again, Paul is talking about prophesying especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he does speak mysteries. But he who prophesies does three things for the church. Let's look together. He speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. I'm about to explain what all that means in a second. But listen to verse 5. Paul says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. I wish all of you understood the gift of prophecy in your life and what God wants to do through you. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Here's what Paul is saying. A word of prophecy to save your marriage. I may speak directly over your marriage. You may think it's over today. Maybe you showed up and you, you have so many problems in your life and you're just trying to pretend that everything is good and you got that smile on your face, not showing anybody what's really going on. And it may be in this room right now, today, the Lord may speak to you and say, this are, these are some things you need to get rid of in your relationship. There have been times in my life where I wanted to say something and God says, no, you need to forgive or don't ever speak that way to somebody I love again. 
Those times of repentance can change a relationship. But again, this is a word from God to save your marriage or your relationship. A word from God, a prophecy can also save your children. As a parent struggling and praying to the Lord, God, I can't control the decisions of my child, but I can lift them up to you. And it's in those moments you hear God saying, I'm there for them, and I'm leading them, and I'm comforting them. Don't you worry for what I have for them is good. When you hear these things, they change you forever. A word of prophecy can change your future. You got a big decision ahead of you? All of a sudden, there's confirmation over a word of God. You come in here, you come in here, and, and somebody says the exact same thing you just read? Well, now you know what to do. Why? Because the Lord cares about you. He loves you. And he wants to help you make the right decisions. And this gift, I'm telling you, is available for every one of us as believers in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 31 states, For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be what? Encouraged. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are always to encourage, to help, to build up the church. So here's what I want to do. For the remainder of the sermon, I want to break down the gift of prophecy and how it blesses your life, okay? So point number one is this. The gift of prophecy, again, is to build up others. The definition of edification actually means to build up, to build up. So what does this look like? There have been many times in my life, like I said, where I have been spiritually broken. To be honest, I'm praying to God for an answer and I don't know what to do. And I remember this one specific time I was in my office at, the home, at my home and I was praying to God, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he showed me this scripture. And I wrote it down because it was just so specific for what I was dealing with at the moment. And then at the same time, listen to this, I got a text from a friend who said, hey, I'm just thinking about you. The Lord put you on my heart. I got a scripture for you. And I read that scripture and I was blown away because it was exactly, it was a different scripture, but it was exactly, it was saying the exact same thing as the scripture that I had just written down. And remember, two out of the Bible means fact. That's why you see things repeated over and over again. God is trying to get your attention. And in this moment, it meant everything to me. God was saying, don't give up. You ever had a friend call you and pray over you? You ever come down to this altar and somebody's laying hands on you and they speak specifically into your situation? You know how many times I go out in that lobby and somebody comes up to me and says, hey, pastor, I'm being serious. You got cameras in my house? You watching me? Because how do you know my conversations? I don't. But God does. Because he loves you. Uh, let me share this story with you. Many years ago, uh, when God was urging me and my wife to step out into evangelism, I was scared to death. All right? And, I, and I've admitted that already, and I've told many stories of that whole process. But as we were really praying for a confirmation on what to do, we decided to go to this church service one night and really didn't know anybody there. We had a small group of friends, didn't know anybody there that was leading the service or anything. And this woman called me and my wife up front. Now, this woman did not know I was in ministry. She did not know who I was, what I was doing. She didn't know who my wife was, didn't know anything about us. And she started to pray and lay hands on us. And then she said that God was going to bless and grow a ministry through me. Again, she had no clue that I was in ministry or that I was a pastor at the time. But what she said right here, I've never forgotten. And she spoke over me and she said, your voice will reach the world. This was in a time that I was broken. 
This isn't a time where I was fearful and I didn't believe that I had what it took to do what God was telling me to do. And that word stuck with me. Me and my wife just listened to that word. How, how could she know something like that? How did she even know we were in ministry? And fast forward to today, we have videos online that are reaching millions all over the world. You realize we have people traveling every Sunday. You may not know this, up to four hours every Sunday or more to be in this house. Again, we have somebody traveling from Paris, France to be baptized very soon here because the word of the Lord is going out all over the world. But she spoke this over me in a time of brokenness. And I remember just wanting to cry like, Lord, okay, you're a good God and you have me. You got me. Because it's one of those Moses moments, right, where we say to the Lord, I don't have what it takes to keep doing this. God, I don't know if I have the strength to keep moving. And God is saying, it's not up to you, it's up to me. And it's a word of prophecy that really brings confidence into your life. And here's what I love. When you are led by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will remove all the fear and doubts from you. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 states it like this. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of what? He has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and sound mind, meaning the Holy Spirit gives you clarity and direction. He makes everything clear. He shares his love for you. You love God so that you can love people, and he brings power into your life where you can rebuke the fear that's before you. And some of you right now, you're on that faith challenge right now. You're, You're doing something. You're risking something that seems dangerous, and you're scared. I'm telling you today, God knows what you're going through, and he will speak a word of prophecy over your life to build you up. This is such a good gift from the Lord. This is why Paul says it's one of the greatest gifts you could receive from the Spirit of God. Okay? Point number two is this, though. The gift of prophecy is also to encourage each other. The definition of exhortation means to encourage. Let me just show you a few examples of some prophets out of the Bible and what they did. Acts chapter 15, verse 32 says that Judas, not the Judas that betrayed Jesus, but Judas and Silas, who were also prophets, said many things to do what? To criticize the believers, to condemn them, to tell them their opinions. (laughs) No, what did they do? They spoke from the Lord to encourage other believers and that made their faith even stronger. They had the position of a prophet to encourage other believers. In Acts chapter three, verse 22, it states it like this. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement. I want you to know this. Joseph, his name was changed by the apostles to Barnabas. Why? Because he became a prophet of the Lord. He was called to be a prophet. And so they said, hey, you know what? We're going to change your name to Barnabas because Barnabas actually means son of encouragement. How did they know that? By his fruit, by the way he spoke, by the gifts of the Holy Spirit coming out of him, by the examples that they saw. If somebody were watching your examples today, what would they call you? Would they call you a son of encouragement or a son of something else? (laughs) I'm not going there, okay? Don't worry about it. But let's be honest. For some of us, the way you live life, the way your faith looks, are you a son of criticism or a daughter of doubt? 
or a son of comparison or a daughter of anger and you just got all these things built up inside of you and that's the only fruit that people see around you. The Holy Spirit came to live inside of you to change all of this, to change the way you live so people can see this encouragement through you that even when times are hard, my Lord can provide. My God comes through. I will never be forsaken for he is always with me. His spirit leads me and therefore all fear has to get out of the way every single time. How do we know that Barnabas was a prophet? Acts chapter 13, verse 1 says, Among the prophets and teachers of the church of Antioch in Syria were Barnabas and so on. So here's what I want you to understand. When the devil discourages us, the gift of prophecy will encourage us. When the devil discourages us, the gift of prophecy will encourage us. Also, let me make this very clear. How do you know if it's a word from the Lord, if it's a prophetic word from God? Okay, God would never speak condemnation over you. Let me make that very clear because there have been people proclaiming to, to hear from God. Here's a word from the Lord and they just tear others down. They condemn others. That is not from the Lord. That is from the devil. Who speaks that way? Satan. Satan speaks that way. Look at this. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. For he is the accuser of our brothers and sisters. He's been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. Satan's job is to accuse you every single day. Here's what you did wrong. Here's your mistakes. Here's how God can never use somebody like you. Here's all your failed relationships. Here's all the failure that's in your life. He just accuses you and condemns you. That does not come from the Lord. That comes from the enemy. Condemnation is hazy, it's critical, it's hateful, and it's hopelessness. And it will always lead to spiritual death. It will always lead to death in your families or just your spiritual relationship with Christ. And this is why it's so deceitful. And, and we are told to be warned from prophecies like this that are deceitful. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 26 through 28 says, how long will this go on? If they are prophets, they are prophets of deceit, inventing everything that they say by telling these false dreams. They are trying to get my people to forget me just as their ancestors did by the worshiping of idols of Baal. Let me also make something very clear. A lot of people don't know this. Out of the Ten Commandments, to take the Lord's name in vain also means to use his name to get what you want. To use the power of the Lord's name to say, hey, you need to do this in your life and I want this right now to use his holy name for your own agenda and not the agenda of the Lord, okay? That is also what it means to take his name in vain and the Holy Spirit knows and the Holy Spirit will warn you when somebody is trying to control you by saying, thus says the Lord when the Lord has not spoken, okay? Because a word from the Lord will always build you up, meaning a gift from prophecy is not a ministry of criticism. It's encouragement. But here's what I realize within a lot of relationships today and a lot of people that come into the church. We got a different game today, not a video game, but y'all know what this is? Jenga, did I say it right? Jenga? Yeah. Sorry, I'll be corrected later if I'm wrong. All right, the Holy Spirit came to build us up, to help us grow. But a lot of us, some of you have never had a father that spoke encouraging words over your life. All you heard was that you're not good enough. You'll never make it. 
And every time you felt like you did the right thing, it still never pleased your father. And so there is this hole inside of you that you've never given over to the Lord. And you're still trying to please other people, but still never feeling satisfied from them. For some of you, it's relationships. One relationship after another relationship after another relationship, and you got all these holes inside of you from what somebody said about you. Oh, they talked about your identity, didn't they? And this is why I make it very clear when I talk about relationships, you need healing from the Lord because so many of us are jumping into the next relationship looking like this on the inside. Just so many holes on the inside that we need God to heal and God to fill. But we're just trying to find comfort through other people. Some of us have been hurt by the church too. Well, these people were supposed to be for me, but they said things about me. And we just get mad at people. And then all of a sudden, this is what you got. That's what condemnation looks like. That's how the devil wants you to live. Because that's hopelessness. And so the enemy will come to condemn but the Holy Spirit does what? He convicts. Let me read this. Ephesians chapter four, verse 30 states it like this. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. I love this next verse. Remember, he has identified you as his own. The Holy Spirit has called you his, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So get rid of all bitterness, all rage, all anger, all harsh words and slander, as well as any types of evil behavior. Instead, what are we to do by the spirit of God? We are to show love, tenderheartedness, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven us. Condemnation will bring shame, but conviction will bring change. The change that you need in your life. And so here's what I've noticed. Here's what God is telling you to do. For a lot of us, is in that moment that you become real and say, God, this is me. But you come down to the altar and you're on your knees and you're praying. And all of a sudden, piece by piece, a word of prophecy, a word from the Lord is spoken over you. You are my child. Even if your father and mother abandoned you, I never will. For I know the plans that I have for you, and they are good, and they are for you to prosper. I will protect you. I will lead you in all things. Do not stress. Do not worry about life, because in everything that you need, I will supply it. I want to make this very clear. You didn't build this back up in your life. You got on your knees, and you prayed to a holy God who hears your prayers. And the Holy Spirit did this for you while you were praying. The Holy Spirit does this for you. He speaks into your life, into your situation. These words of encouragement that can change the rest of your life. Because so many people are at the very edge wanting to end it all, and that's from the enemy. I told you last week that is a lie from the pit of hell. You have a purpose, and Jesus showed you that purpose. As he went upon that cross, he did that for you. There's a reason you're here today. So keep going. Don't give up on what the Lord is doing in your life. And if you need to, get on your knees and pray and say, God, give me a word of encouragement so that I can keep going so that my faith can be made stronger. Because again, how do you know if it's from the Lord? Did it encourage you or tear you down? If it encouraged you, it's from the Lord. If it tore you down, it's from the enemy. Because what God speaks to us into this will always give you hope. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. 
Paul stated, I pray that the God who gives hope will fill you with much joy and peace as you trust in him. Let me say that again. Will fill you with joy and peace as you do what? You trust. As you release your own control and as you trust in him and what he has for you, then you will have more and more hope. And it will flow out of you by what? By the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. This joy that is in your life is a spiritual need. So many of us are trying to pursue this happiness of the world. You cannot find happiness in the world. Even if you get something good, it will only satisfy for a moment. But joy comes from the Lord. It's a spiritual need. It is in your soul. It is the spirit of God crying out inside of you saying, listen, it may be hard today, but one day you're not gonna cry anymore. Your heart may, may be broken today, but one day it's not gonna be broken. It's gonna be completely healed. One day you're gonna look at every situation that has come to attack you and hurt you, and you're gonna laugh because you will remember what the Lord has done. And it changes us. But my last point is this. The gift of prophecy came to bring comfort into our lives. The gift of prophecy will bring comfort. Let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3 again, but I want to read the amplified version. It says, but on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for edification, to promote their spiritual growth, and speaks words of encouragement, to uphold and advise them concerning the matters of God. But listen to this, and speak words of consolation to compassion. Comfort them in times of need. And the Greek word for comfort here also means healing of distress, of sorrow, of broken hearts. And if you're struggling financially and you don't know where your next meal is gonna come from, yeah, you're doing the best you can. You can give it over to the Lord and he'll give a comfort into your life by his word, by his spirit believing that you will see miracles because he will provide everything that you need. And I've seen that over and over again in my own life. I've seen it over and over again. I remember many years ago in a church that I worked at, something had happened that really broke my heart. And I was hurt. In fact, I became angry with the Lord. And I remember sitting in the congregation of the church that I worked at in the very back, and I was speaking to the Lord saying, God, I don't wanna be in ministry anymore. I don't wanna do this. I don't, I don't wanna deal with this anymore. Just that Moses mentality, right? Lord, just take me out. Hey, take me out, I'm done. And what happened in that service really hurt me, but it also hurt my wife as well. And I remember because we drove separately to the church, we both went home. And I'm in the car looking like a crazy person because <laughs> nobody else is in there. And I'm mad. I'm like, God, how can they do this to me? And blah, blah, blah. And I deserve better. And, and just everything I'm trying to do just doesn't work. And, and I'm just done with this. Just leave me somewhere else. I'm just done with ministry. It doesn't give me what I thought it would, right? And I get home. <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch. And my wife shows up. And she's smiling. And she was upset too when she left the church. So I looked at her and I said, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Like, why are you smiling right now? Did, did you not see what just happened? And she said, yeah, I did. She said, but, and she was in her car too, and she was doing the same thing. She was arguing with God. Like, God, just, just do something different in our life. This is hurtful. How could they? And, they? and then she heard the Lord speak and say, shh, 
so powerful. In those moments where God just says, shh, stop talking. Stop talking about your doubts and your insecurities and your fears and your angers. And God is speaking and saying, allow me to talk instead and do it. Because when God speaks into it, that's when the healing comes from it, right? That's when it's all changed in your life. And God spoke to my wife at this moment. And this is what she said. She heard from the Lord. She said, God spoke and said, what I'm doing with Bobby is bigger than what you see now. I am with you. Do not give up. And I'm leading you somewhere special. And I remember her just sharing those words with me. And and just a minute ago, I was angry. And this overwhelming feeling of healing and comfort came upon me that all that I had been doing wasn't in vain, but was for the glory of the Lord. And there was still much work to do, but the enemy was going to attack and attack and attack. But keep holding on to that faith. Because listen, here's the greatest thing about the gift of prophecy. It's listening to the voice of God. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk into it. So what I want you to understand today is that a word of prophecy saved my life in many ways. A word of prophecy kept me in ministry. A word of prophecy kept me having hope. A word of prophecy kept me and my wife believing that my daughter would be healed. A word of prophecy is the reason this church is here today. A word of prophecy is because I know where this church is going and what it looks like in the future. A word of prophecy has always encouraged and built up my life. And I want to share it with you because God is also speaking the same to you. There's a purpose for your life. And some of you feel that burden right now. You feel those passions on the inside. So God may give you something specific and say, stop being afraid. Stop caring so much about what they said against you or whoever came to discourage you. Rebuke it in the name of Jesus because a word from the Lord will edify you, will bring you up, will build you up, will encourage you and bring healing. This is the good God that we serve. And in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, every one of them is to help build and encourage each other. I just want you to know like this is not just a pastor thing or being on stage in church. No, this is for every believer. This gift, all the gifts come from where? Not from you, not from me, but from the Holy Spirit living inside of us all. That's the life that God wants you to live. That's the whole point of this series is to take you to a new level and a new level a new level and to see the power of God working through you. What if you believed in the impossible? I'm gonna have you stand right here. And I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come up front because again, God made it very clear that all of us can receive this gift. Acts chapter two, verse 17 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And so right now, you may really desperately need a word from the Lord. But it's up to you to move. Again, the Holy Spirit's not going to force anything on you that you don't want to receive. But He's offering the gift. And today, the gift of prophecy 
can encourage you and heal you, will you come down to the altar? Your decision. So I want to ask our worship team, can we lead us back into a song of praise and worship? And this is your moment with the Lord. If you want to come down to the altar, come down to the altar. If you want to pray with somebody by your seat, then pray with somebody by your seat. But right now, don't miss this opportunity. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you've been blessed by this message, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss future messages. And if you feel led to give to this ministry, check out the link in the description and see the other ways you can get connected.